And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast episode, I have my good friend Charlie with me. Say hello to everybody. Hello. And today we are actually reviewing Fast and Furious. This is actually the fourth movie out of the Fast and the Furious franchise. And the reason why we're doing this is to match the timeline according to how this franchise is actually being perceived. So that's why we're actually going out of order a little bit. But still, this is going to be a fun podcast episode as usual. Um, matter of fact, this movie had a budget of $85 million and it made $360.4 million at the box office. Um, then, of course, you know, this is actually five years after escaping from the United States, Dominic Toretto and his new crew, consisting of his girlfriend, Letty, Tego, Leo, Rico, Santos, Cara, and Han, Han Lu are hijacking fuel tanks in the, in the Dominican Republic using heavily modified 1967 and 1968 Chevrolets, trucks, and 1987 Brick Grand National. Dom suspects that the police are on their trail forcing the crew to disband and go their separate ways, with Han deciding to go to Tokyo, realizing that he must leave. Dom runs, uh, leaving Letty behind to protect himself from harm. So here's another thing I want to mention is this. Like, if you bought, like, the Fast and the Furious Blu-ray, there is a nice little uh, mo montage here where it has, like, a little short film that Van Diesel himself produced. It's called Lost... Uh, ben Dolores, and basically, it's like a prequel story about how he got over to the Dominican Republic and all that stuff, and about how he set up the crew and how he actually got the two brothers out of prison and stuff like that. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't watch the uh, the the prequel movie. I didn't even know there was one, but yeah. I got. I mean, I got like the opening when I saw the the crew there. I believe this is probably the first technical movie in the timeline that introduces Han. Um, because Han, like, Han, like, Han didn't go to Tokyo until after, in terms of timeline, until after the sixth movie. So, right. um, it's after the sixth movie, but before the post credit sequence in six. Um, so, this is the first time we actually got to see Han in terms of the timeline. Everybody saw Han in the third uh, Fast and the Furious movie, Tokyo Drift, which we'll cover later on because of timelines. But, um, and then, cause he was the only one. So he's like, oh, we just, let's call it Fast and Furious and put Han in it. Cause I mean, and then, cause I didn't really, you didn't think it was going to relate to this franchise until of course Vin Diesel shown up at the end. We're like, wait, why does he show up at the end? Cause he's, he's friends of Han. How the heck did he know Han died? That's why the timelines are just too, the core Deadpool timelines are just too confusing. <laughs> Exactly. But I like the fact that we have some continuity in between the Fast and the Furious movies, which makes mm -hmm. it even more believable. Also, too, the characters themselves, despite the whole entire aspect where it's total ridiculousness with the stunts and stuff like that, one of the things I always liked was the character arcs and how and stuff like that and about how believable that they actually make those characters and stuff like that. That's why I really cared about them on the emotional level of the characters and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's why I like the Fast and the Furious movies so yeah. much and you know i definitely love the stunts and everything whenever you look at this though at the very beginning with the whole entire on uh, tanker line basically they're trying to steal the uh gasoline and everything and i love the whole entire setup because it actually gives you the tone of what the, what we're in store for for this movie and everything and of course this is actually to me them not taking anything too seriously unlike the very first rest in the furious movie where it, basically 
winds up being like a ripoff of Point Break. This mm -hmm. also gets rid of the color schemes of what we saw in the other Fast and the Furious movies where they're no longer basically doing street racing. This is them doing different types of jobs yeah, and stuff like that, which is something that's really nice. And mm -hmm. I have to say, I definitely love the color scheme and everything for Brian's card this time with yeah. it just being the blue and everything was just really nice to me. Yeah. But as far as Dominic jumping, uh, getting the crew together and all the crew is jumping from tank to tank to try and take down this tr uh, gas truck and everything. I thought that was really cool. What did you yeah. think about that? I mean, I love the opening. Like, I mean, this is the start of like of when they get ridiculous because the uh, the sequence with Dom driving under the explosive tanker. Like, I mean, it. it that I mean, you just knew it was going to start of it because this technically is the movie that got me back into the franchise because after the first two, I was like, I don't really care for the for these anymore. But this one, I was like, okay, I watched it. I enjoyed it because it, it brought the characters back and it was more action oriented, which I really enjoyed. Um, but I like this, some of the funny, like this quotes that like that since we've, we've like revisiting it, like when they, when Han showed up for the first time, he's like, I figured we'd be robbing banks by now. It's kind of funny because that's what they do in the next, the next one, they kind of rob, they rob, a, they rob many, well, not banks, but they rob, they start robbing bank. money. In the right. next one, they steal from him. So, and then he also, and then later on, he says, "I hear some crazy, sh crazy shit in Tokyo." So that kind of leads up to the timelines. If people are confused after Tokyo Drift came out, and he's like, "Wait a minute, Han didn't go to Tokyo yet." Like so that that that, that so that and that it's just a kind of foreshadowing that they've been right. doing. And then Letty says, "Rio is nice this time of year," which is fitting because that's what the next movie is in Fast Five. They're going to Rio de Janeiro. So I just find this is kind of like these funny little like sub like Easter eggs. They keep mentioning in this movie before Fast Five even happens. They mention Tokyo, Rio, which is Rio, which is where they go next, which I think I just find this is kind of um, I just I just find this is kind of cool in a sense because I've seen the other ones and I know where this, this story's going. But these little sub hits in these other movies it's just cool, but then the, like this, the opening stunt of Dom driving the car under the explosive tanker. I mean, you just know anytime Dom is with Letty, crazy shit's gonna happen, right? Okay. And not only that, but also Miss Array is gonna happen where with the stunts and everything too, where it gives you that whole entire thing of where you have to take a ga gasp inside the theater because mm -hmm. of the fact that there's some danger elements whenever it regards Letty and everything because. When Dom is doing a heist job, it never goes the way that it's supposed to go. We've seen that mm -hmm. in the very first Fast and the Furious movie. Without Jesse being the front man and everything and actually orchestrating it, whenever it comes down to Dominic doing plans, it goes down south in a sense. It gets mm -hmm. the job done, but there's always some people getting injured. It doesn't go according to how it needs to go down. And stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I actually felt a sense of danger from Letty. It didn't really feel like a cartoon where basically she's safe, which I yeah. really liked and appreciated with this. Because then we find out later on what actually happens to her, though, after Don, Dom leaves her. But that little moment of her flying off of the tanker and everything made me, you know, made me scared for her. Yeah. You know? And that's something that we are, I feel like we're missing in the Fast and the Furious franchise in a sense of some type of danger with the main characters. Yeah. 
and everything too. I haven't seen the new movie. I know you have, but that's something I feel like as of right now, without seeing the other movie. Yeah. And everything, no sense of danger. It just feels like a cartoon where basically everybody is safe. Yeah. But another thing though too is I definitely like the two new characters that were actually introduced to, which is Leo and Rico, the two brothers. Yeah, I think it's Rio and um I think it's like Tego and the brothers. I forgot the other name. Um yeah, Tego and Leo. Yeah, yeah. Tego, Tego, yeah, Tego and Leo and Rico. Okay. Yeah, Rico's the brother. But yeah. I love the back and forth between the both of them, to be honest with you. And the arguing that they do is just hilarious, to be honest. I mean, it gets funnier, like as like not in Fast Five when the two in the big room, like, dude, man, you need to get a cook. You need to get, you need to have somebody help you cook. I'm like, dude, your mother is a bad chef. Yeah, she's this, we had the same mom. Like, I mean, this this and then the two of them just do it in Spanish. So <laughs> it, it's funny how how Dom met up with these guys. Um, and it, it, like I said, and that, like I said, I mean, when Dom gets his team. The team is this, like, I mean, you care for every single one of them. And I agree. Like I said, the danger Letty, like, the, the danger Letty faced in this one, like, we're hanging off the side. Like, that was pretty, like, pretty intense because it, 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 didn't, it, didn't, it felt more cartoonish in the first one, to be honest, with them in danger. Because it is, it just, like, at the time, it was cool. 20 years later, it just felt cartoonish. This one, the effects, like I said, the car, like, everything's gone better as we progress. The, the stunts... If they've gotten better and not as campy as cartoony, um, um, like I like I said, I know you haven't seen the knife, the the, the other one, but I mean, it, it, the, the kind of them in danger. I mean, it's kind of a it's it's gonna be a running gag, a funny gag, in, in this one, and I'll, I'll I'll just leave it at that. So if yeah, so nobody who hasn't seen Fast Nine, I personally recommend it, but it's not for everybody. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But um, but I actually care for the characters, his team. And these, like these, like this one is a, a more serious tone in this one, and that's what I appreciate. Yeah, same here as well. And I also feel like too. Um, another thing too is I like how Dominic goes on ahead, goes in front of the tanker, tanker truck, and then you see Letty hanging off the side of it, and then he has to go on ahead, push down on the brakes to try and get her to go off, to fly off the off the uh, truck mm-hmm. and then land on his car. I thought that was really good. And then of course, you know, I liked how I, f- I think it was Dominic that winds up going into the truck, uh, going inside the truck and itself and said, look, I know that you want your, uh, your gas and everything, but do you value your life or something like that? I don't you need think- to stop the truck or something like that. I don't think he, I don't think he ever got out of his car. Okay. Um, I couldn't remember. I think- I think it was the uh, the truck driver jumps out with his iguana. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Dom, like the like like so once Dom broke off the uh, the second um, like second set of gas tanks for um, the two brothers, um, and then uh, and then like to get uh, after after Letty got in the car, um, the, the 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 truck driver saw the huge steep hill, and he was like, "I'm out of here," and he takes his iguana and he luckily rolls over. Um, um, he rolls over into like, sa- like, like grassy, not grassy areas, but sandy areas. I'm like, if you're moving pretty high speed, you can get seriously hurt. But anyway, truck driver runs out and he leaves the car. Just, you know what? F it. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> and, <"Have> <laughs> and that's when Dom does his, like, he, he, like, he drives backwards 
to just to get a, just to get a good steady pace to you know time it to drive his car under the exploding tanker. Exactly, and then of course, uh, then after that winds up happened three months later, Dom is now residing in Panama City, and he gets a call from his sister Mia, who tells him that Liddy has been murdered. Dom heads back to Los Angeles to attend his attend her funeral, but before we get into that, we actually see a cut scene with Brian chasing down this other guy as an FBI agent. So now we know that he's actually an FBI agent again. He has a shield back. And he's right back into where he was at the very first film. But it's more of, I love the stunt work when it comes down to the him chasing the guy down. And then, of course, the guy jumping out the window and him. The rooftop scene was definitely really good. Yeah. Um, and then finally, he he makes oh, the sorry, was he an FBI agent in the first one? I thought he was a uh, I, he was a I, cop. Thought he was, I thought he was a police officer, not an he FBI was. agent. No, but what I'm getting at, though, oh. is this is the fact that. Pretty much everything he was going for in the first movie, he now has. Okay, gotcha. Because remember, if he made the arrest on Toretto, on Dominic, he would have been an FBI agent. But because of the fact that he let him go, that didn't happen. Makes sense. Okay. Sorry, I didn't cut you off. I was just confused. No, no, no. It's fine. These timelines get too confusing. (laughs) But, but, you know, it just shows that there's some redemption for Brian especially after the events of Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. Now he's an FBI agent after those events. hmm So, you know, and then there's also some years after that, though, some gaps of yeah. what Brian might have been going through before that. Yeah. But, you know, he's back. He has his shield again, and he makes the arrest. He goes into the FBI building with the, uh, with the suspect intact. And then, of course, that's when... Uh, the other uh, douchebag, Bosniak. <laughs> yeah, Bosniak goes on ahead. Bosniak, goes up yeah. To, yeah, he goes up to Brian and starts trying to uh, humiliate him in front of everybody. And then Brian winds up uh, flipping him over and then punching him in the face. I think it was after um, he punched him in the face after he took me. He took Mia. Like yeah. the Bosniak went and caught Mia, and then like to like question her, and then Brian like. It was it was a little bit later on where he actually broke his nose. That's right. He's I think he slams his face into the wall or something. Yeah, he's, yeah he smacks it yeah. the wall after after Stasiak was pissed off because Brian tricked like called up saying, "Hey, um, yeah, hey, I'm from forensic. I need uh, Stasiak to sign something just to get him away from me." Because he's like, because Brian he still has regret like doing what he did to Mia. Um, but I think he was um, investigating David Park, and, yeah, and and that's when he found Tur- he found Toretto hanging David Park out, out, out of the <laughs> off the out of the window. But uh, um, but yeah, but then also too, this is then after that it goes into the whole funeral aspect. Before that, yeah, that was way before he, the nose is broken. They had the funeral for uh, Letty, right? And, and then Dom. Of course, not be. He's at the funeral, but far away because I mean, it, it's typical, right? Because he's thinking that the FBI is going to be there, and of course, Brian is there, uh, making sure seeing if Dominic is actually going to show up. They find mm-hmm. out he doesn't show up, and that leads off to where basically uh, he tries to talk to Mia. Brian tries to talk to Mia a little bit and stuff like that, and then after that, it breaks into. 
Mia going into her home, and then that's when Dominic shows up. I think it was that. I think Dom shows up before Brian talks to Mia. I think because it's like Dom. It was right after the. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, but uh, Dom shows up after the funeral to ask like Mia take me to the crime scene, and that's where Dom finds out about Nitro Meth. Right, and. I like how he's trying to put things together and you see the mm. scene being played out in his mind as like he's a detective yeah. kind of thing, but he sees the tires, he sees the tire marks. He's seen this before, you know, with all his life racing cars and things like that. Nothing surprises him at that time. And he sees where the car has landed. Then he sees basically where the guy winds up shooting her. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, we wind up seeing the outcome of Letty supposedly, and, you know, I thought that was a very big emotional scene because we actually have that emotional attachment to the character, especially with the first film. Yeah. You know, so I definitely liked that. It made me care about Letty. And then seeing him being emotionally distraught over it and pissed oh, off yeah. over it. And then that's when we wind up seeing like the next day where Brian winds up trying to investigate everything. And then he winds up seeing um Dominic hanging the guy over the yeah um the building outside the window yeah and he said then that's whenever he says no one's gonna get in my way if you get in my way I'm gonna kill you pretty much and uh, I'm not going for for, for verbatim or anything but then you know then after that he winds up letting the guy go then Brian winds up catching him before he falls down yeah and on the ground and everything so I thought that was really um the stun works, like I said, really works in this yeah. film because yeah. I actually felt a sense of danger for the villain. Yeah. So, and then he gets a call. And then, of course, um, after that winds up happening, and he also get the other guy get this. Okay. So basically, the funeral and examine the crash and finds traces of uh, Necromane, like I said, on the ground. He visits. The only car mechanic that sells Necker, um, uh, that's also when Dominic winds up going to the mechanic, and it leads him over to D- David Park. Remember the guy that is hanging over the, the over the window. Mm-hmm. So that's where he actually got David Park's name, and that's also leads into Brian finding out who David Park is, and then after that, uh, Brian is trying to track down a Mexican drug lord named Aterio Braga. Uh, his search leads him to David Park and he tracks him down using an illegal modification record on his car. Dom, and then we already talked about that. That's my notes. Yeah. Um, and then he hangs out from the window. Uh, Brian saves Park and Park becomes the FBI's new informant. Park mm-hmm. gets Brian into a street race. Brian selects a 2002 Nissan Skyline GTR R34 which is like I said, this color schemes for this car look really awesome. But I like how he's selecting the cars though, and the mm-hmm. and the FBI agent's like, "Well, what car do you want?" And she shows him all the cars. He goes, "I want them all." And then he has to also put a tracking device in his car though too, so that way it doesn't look like he's. Go- and this reminds me of straight up from Too Fast, Too Furious at that point. And everything, I'm like, okay, so we're ba- back to doing that again because of the fact that the FBI wants to go on ahead and track Brian, making sure that nothing goes awry, just trying to keep a track on their agents just to make sure he's okay. Um, then he, with modified parts, Skyline and the 2007 Nissan GTR, 
uh, modifies his 1970 Chevrolet SS for the uh, race. Uh, Giselle Yesher, the uh, who is also part of Braga's crew, reveals that the winner will become the last driver on a team that uh, traffics heroin between the uh, Mexico-United States border. Dom wins by bumping Brian's car while it, it is in nitro, making him lose control. Brian u- uses power as an FBI agent to arrest another driver, Dwight Mueller. Now, here's the thing. Dwight is one of those unusual characters that we see in this film. Because, you know, I remember when he says, Dwight's going to win. He always refers to himself like in third person. And then we, we see him at his at this party and everything with these other, with these women. And he has this foot finish type of thing. And then Brian comes banging on the door of the FBI. And he has like, he has heroin, crystal meth in his hand. And he goes, Dwight never touched that. Dwight just did. <laughs> but what did you think of that scene as when they're arresting him? Um, I wanted to go back to like talk about some of the other stuff that you mentioned, like the scene one, like the rooftop sequence. I thought that was a cool sequence. Yeah, it also was the start of the iconic hero. Uh, somebody crashes through windshield to tackle somebody, and I thought that was kind of funny. Like Brian had to crash through glass to tackle the guy, and then and then and then that, that's what seems to happen in the XP movies. Like Fast Five, Dom Dom's on top. The rock crashes through some of that just to get to the guy. So I thought that I think that was kind of cool. Um, I don't believe Braga was ever mentioned um, until after David Park mentioned after after David Park got captured. Yeah, um, that's when he becomes the FBI for me. Yeah, yeah, for that's the FBI. Really I think the only reason Brian found out about David Park was because he was looking for uh, imports, car imports, right? And it was like for that's how he picked up on where David Park is. Um, and then I, again, I like Dom, like threatening the mechanic and like, like him with the torture. Cause you don't see, you haven't seen Dom do this in a long time. So that was kind of cool. Um, like I, I kind of had a feeling Brian was going to take out Dwight somehow. Cause Dwight is, Dwight was already pe- part of the team and he's like, right. oh, Dwight, oh, it's up numbsack uh, or whatever. Like, or, um, or he was like, just talking so much crap. He just knew Brian was going to get him in the, the car race. Brian has improved as mm-hmm. these movies are progressing racing, and Brian was going to win that race. Dom cheated, hence the funny gag throughout the rest of them, like for throughout Fast Five. Hey, you're you're, you're not um um you're not going to cheat this time, are you? He's like, you got to let that go. So it's just the funny gag between right. between them for the race. But, but yeah. also too, I like the whole entire Nos scene where uh, basically Dominic goes on ahead, hits the Nos. And Brian goes, you're too early, Dominic. And he hits the NOS, trying to pass him up. And then that's whenever Dom goes on ahead and hits him on the in the back of the uh, car, causing him to slide sideways and everything, too. But you can definitely tell that Brian was about to win. And, it, and basically, you know, we already know that Toretto has beef. He know, he, he has a reason to be there. And everything. He doesn't care about Brago. He just cares about one objective, trying to find Letty's murder. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about anything else but that. So whatever thing that Brian's trying to work on, he doesn't care about. He just wants vengeance for Letty. So you have two characters who have different motivations in this film, which is something that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also the first movie we introduced to uh, Giselle, who is a big yeah. part of Dom's team later on. And then I just find it funny 
how the compost, he keeps mentioning Braga in third person, kind of like Dwight mentions in third person. And it's fitting because Braga mentions himself in third person because he is Braga. So that's just a little pickup of how easily it is to pick up that whatever he's saying, it's coming from Braga himself. And it right. just shows how kind of, besides Brian, how kind of stupid the FBI is. Right. And also, too, there's a lot of misdirection with that, though, too, because it does look convincing. It really does look like it's convincing enough that the guy in the sharp uh, suit and everything yeah. is Brago. It does look like that. There's a conception of the fact that it could be this guy, but they're doing st- uh, judging him based off stereotypes. Yeah. Rather than doing the whole entire investigation of who Brago is mm-hmm. and everything. But also, too, it wasn't for Brian trying to get the fingerprints off the glass mm-hmm. and everything. They would never have guessed that that was actually Brago mm-hmm. and everything. But we'll get to that in a few uh, minutes, though, on the whole entire misconception, though, of the FBI and the misdirection that yeah. Brago did. Because that was really clever on his on his part on how he made the FBI misjudge. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have to say, I like the GPS idea of mm-hmm. this race. Yeah. I definitely like that aspect. That was something new that they brought into it. Um, this whole entire scene definitely works. And then Brago also saying, well, also too, uh, Vin is, um, well, not Vin, but Dominic is actually convinced that Brago needs that heroin that they, um, but we're going to get into that later on too. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of skip jumping around a little bit. I'm yeah. sorry about that. Um, I want to but- mention the uh, club sequence. I like the, I love the banner when, uh, when after like Brian shows up, I'm like, well, I'm not surprised to see you here, Brian. And he's like, Hey, you want to have a party? Hey, you want to have a good time? Yeah, let's have a great time. So they're chatting with each other. He goes, you, t- uh, he's like, well, Brian's like, yeah, I did some time. And then Dom's like, who'd you see down there? Well, I don't know. <laughs> lots of name, lots of faces. And I was like, when I do time, I do real time. So they're kind of taking shots at each other. And then Compost is like, you two know each other. And then Dom's like, he used to date my sister. And and then and then Brock and then Compost is like, you're a lucky man. You're still breathing. And then Dom just has that little like that weird laugh. I thought that mm-hmm. scene was hysterical. Like same between each other and about taking shots at each other. I'm like, he, he you're still breathing. <laughs> Same. I thought that jived up really well. I definitely liked the club scene a whole lot better than Too Fast, Too Furious, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I felt a little bit more open compared to how clo- closed off it was with Too Fast, Too mm-hmm. Furious. And I also like how Brian is over there just shooting pool, and then you see Dominic just look at him with that go-to-hell look. Mm-hmm. And then he goes upstairs to get himself a Corona. Yep. And everything, but I definitely liked how it sets up. I like the jabbing back and forth and stuff like that. It definitely adds like um, some canon stuff that we got from the very first film. So I definitely like that. And also too, with Capo saying that you're a lucky man that you're still alive. I definitely like the humor with it. Yeah. Uh, then of course, you know, uh, after that winds up happening, the team meets up with Braga's personal henchman. Uh, Phoenix and Dom notices that Phoenix drives the Torino, the mechanic described. They drive across the border using tunnels to avoid detection. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the whole entire tunnel thing. Yeah. Because I definitely liked how if they're spotted outside of the lineup and everything, that's it. That's pretty much game over for them. Yeah. They get spotted. 
I definitely like that idea. I loved how the tunnels is actually split. Um, definitely liked how the tunnels are actually done in this. Mm-hmm. To where it's like an open garage type of thing where they actually push a button and then it just lifts up. So yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. What about you? Did that? Yeah, I thought that, that I thought that sequence was well. Like was like like I said, the stunts in this one have improved over the last three movies that came out. And like I thought like that whole Me- the Mexican like that that the tunnels. I thought that was really cool, made for an intense sequence. Like you just knew this is not the first time this is going to be used. Which I appreciate. Now it was not just a one-off, which I like. Okay. But um, and the and the Dom's vendetta for Phoenix or whatever kind of almost cost him, um, a little bit. But um, but yeah, I thought that sequence was awesome. I did too. I'm glad that they did like a callback to that scene later on. Yeah, of what we got, what we get, because I was hoping that we would go back to it and have like a speed chase through the tunnel. Yeah. So I was actually happy to see that. I remember seeing that in theaters and just being wowed by it. You know, when I, mm-hmm. when Berg first came out. Um, but, you know, then, of course, you know, he learns that um, and then himself. Oh, yeah. This is also too. Dom confronts Phoenix and learns that he kills the driver after their work is done and that he he himself killed Liddy when she tried to escape him. A standoff in in uses through um though not before Dom creates a diversion by uh loosening the cars with nitrous. What did you think of that? I thought that was a I mean that was a big action sequence and that's what kind of like got me like okay it's a spark that the franchise needed with when Dom did that with the uh un, un- loosening because Dom knew what was up like Dom that man he unloosened it and then and he's like I'm gonna enjoy what happens next and then all the cars blew up. I mean, that was like that was a pretty cool action sequence. And it shows Dom getting shot in the back, like, like, like you see it, and then he got shot, and then and you hear Brian drop the first f bomb I've ever heard in the entire Fast, Fast and Furious franchise. Dom getting the f and car, let's go. Right, and you know that also gives me another thing that I really liked about it was the sense of danger for Dominic now. Yeah, it made me have that sense of no one is safe in this film, which I feel mm-hmm. like is another thing that's missing. Is it feels like that Dominic is like OP, like can't be hurt. Yeah. And this one, it really feels like he can be hurt with, uh, with a bullet and stuff like that, which I really liked. It made me care yeah. about the fact that, Oh my God, is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? Kind I of mean, feel to it. But of course, you know, he's going to make it and everything later on, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? For a first time viewer who's watching this yeah, and caring about these characters and stuff like that and seeing them grow from the first film, you care about them enough to where it's like, oh my god, is he actually gonna make it? Is the bullet gonna did the bullet actually exit out, come out of him or what? Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. But then you know, then they wind up pulling over and they find out, hey, they have hair heroin. Yeah. So basically, they go to this lockup, and I like how Brian just looks at him, looks at Dominic, and he's like, yeah. you know, you owe me a six second car, right? Uh, yeah, ten second car. Like ten, ten second car. Yeah, and so. Dominic goes on ahead and busses out the window. He goes, here yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely like that. It was a callback to the very first film. You also have Brian also making the F- the FBI agent scanning for fingerprints still. That's still going on because she has to get it from two different uh, places and forensics and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool on how they actually explained that. It's going to take me a while to get the fingerprints because it's going to come from two separate forensics places and everything. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. 
and it actually feels believable. So yeah. and it's not like, oh, by the way, Brian, we got your uh, we got your fingerprints and everything. So yeah. you can go in and catch this guy now because yeah. we've seen TV shows that do that, CSI, yeah. um, NCIS, you know. But it's never. Uh, but you know, I definitely liked how that goes. And then Dom yeah. finds out. Another thing, though, too, I want to mention is this, um, that Brian and the, uh, Dom drive back to L.A. and hide the heroin, like I said, at a police impound lot, and they pick up a modified 2008 Saber Brew Impreza uh, um, WRX STI with a hatchback. They subsequently drive to Dom's house where they reunite with Mia, and this is also where the drama unfolds. Yeah, I don't think it was Dom's house because it it looked like it was in the in the forest because obviously the FBI is still watching Mia's house. The Mia, sure, it could be a like, safe house or something. I think it was that, or it was a it was like something Brian obviously knew. Um, it okay. definitely did not look like because Toretto definitely didn't seem to be staying anywhere. So I think it was either Brian or a safe house or something because Mia because Brian was the one that called Mia and then Mia and then Mia's like, well, um, I'm gonna have to stitch it up. It's gonna hurt. And Dom's like, you're going to enjoy this, are you? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Brian, uh, no, Dominic is actually already diving into his Chinese food. And she, mm-hmm. Mia's just looking at him. And she goes, really? You're going to do that? Mm-hmm. Because without saying br- grace, what about family? And, you know, of course, he treats Brian right now like as an outsider. He doesn't treat him as family because of what happened in the very first film no. and things like that. So, of course, I understand why he wouldn't say grace in front yeah. of him and stuff like that because he's an outsider now. He's no longer considered family mm-hmm. or anything. So I definitely get that perspective. And then we wind up finding out whenever um, Dominic is actually going through Liddy's stuff. Yeah that Letty was actually working with Brian mm-hmm. to try and take down Braga. Yeah. And to get Dom to come home. Yeah. But we don't find all he all he knows is all Dominic thinks uh, is the fact that he was the reason why, the sole reason why Letty died. Yeah. He doesn't understand that Letty was just trying to get him to come home and try and work out a deal to where he's not wanted. Yeah. And Brian gets his ass kicked really bad yeah. in this one, you know, but I definitely liked the fact that, you know, you have two people who have conflicts with each other that mm-hmm. comes to a head and everything. And it reminds me of the rock and, you know, and Vin Diesel fight that they had but in a sense, because of the fact that you have two people who yeah. I know it's on that brother aspect, but yeah. still you actually have, two conflicted characters mm-hmm. that both don't like each other and they're fighting yeah. against each other, but they're evenly matched with yeah. this one. Brian is outside his weight class. He's a featherweight I mean, compared to uh, Dominic. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could call that, but I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't say it. it's that level because Brian doesn't get a shot in at all. Like he no. doesn't, he's now the Dom uh, whole, um, that one, that that's brewing for, that's been brewing for a while. And that buildup was great. This one was just the kind of like he, Dom is heated. It was just a heat of the moment kind of a thing. Um, right. Two brothers like, arguing basically. Yeah. It was, it was just an argument in a sense. Uh, Cause Dom wasn't going to kill Brian because he needs Brian to help him out or whatever. So it's just, I knew, right. I, I, I mean, 
in a sense, you could say that, but I guess, I mean, I wouldn't because I think it would be like from the Dom uh, or that one, that's just two, two adversaries because they're building up because they were going to fight and then they're both getting shots in. That one was more more of an entertaining fight. This one was just a, a, a small scruffle in a right. sense. But also, too, Brian does try to do like an MMA move where he basically gets his feet and try to pretty much uh, try to get him get uh, Dominic to submit and tap out, mm-hmm. which also causes uh, Dominic to lift him up and then slam yeah. him on the ground. And so... I definitely like um, that move. There are some aspects to him being an FBI agent to where he knows how to actually take care of himself in self-defense, mm-hmm. but still not in some type of capacity to take down Dominic. Yeah. But but still, entertaining. I definitely like the fight between uh, him and everything. I thought that was really good. And then, of course, at this point, uh, Dominic... Or was it just was it Dominic or was it uh, just Brian that goes out? No, no, no. It was just Brian that goes into the FBI headquarters now and trying yeah. to work out a deal to where Dominic goes free. Goes free once they get yeah. Brago. Yeah, because Brago is the main target. Yeah, because Brian's trying to keep Dom out of it. Um, until like I'm from his side, and that's what sets up the uh, the meeting. Uh, the after Brian sets it up, that's when Dom calls Giselle because Giselle gave Dom her number um, to call him. I'm like, and she's like, I wish it wasn't under these circumstances. And he's like, we want to one up, like we trade you the cat, you give us money in a sense, kind of like the the normal like typical normal deal. And he goes, I want Braga there because like then I know it's true, which is funny. Because like that, the guy that plays Braga, John Ortiz, he's so good at playing villains. He's very typecast. This this had the feeling of a Miami Vice, like because you figure, okay, John Ortiz is gonna he's gonna like he's his character's going all right. He's gonna change the deal at the last minute so he can have his guys there. And it is kind of it felt like it was going that way, but it kind of didn't. <laughs> so. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I just I felt that. But I think John Ortiz just plays a good villain, so I just fit, it was just fitting. But and then, um, then they then they go to the, the that um, Brian is in charge supposedly, and he, and right before the deal goes sour, he's like he's like, hey man, I'm gonna give you a 10 second car, and he goes just like old times. <laughs> and then at that point, though, too, that's when of course they go on ahead. They meet up with. Um, with Capo. Campos. Campo, Campos. Yeah, Campos. Yeah. And everything. And with the heroin, trying to get the $6 million in cash, and things like that. And then, you know, then we wind up seeing the the whole entire deal go south at this point. Well, because, because they screwed up. <laughs> yeah, big time. And then at that point, whenever they're doing the dropout point, that's when the prints come back. And everything. And that's when they say, "Hey, look, Braga uh, Campos is actually uh, Brago, and everything. Yeah. It's not that other guy." And then I no. think they winded up shooting that other guy. Um, it, maybe or they no, they arrested him because right when the the uh, the girl mentions, we got confirmation, but I'm waiting to see for like waiting to see the image. Stasiak trying to put the big boy pants on. He's like, you know what? We got confirmation. We're going in. However, Dom and Brian, like, you know what I'm thinking, right? He ain't Braga. Like, Dom and 
Brian easily knew he wasn't Braga. And, he, and then I think they didn't know it was uh, Campos at the time until Campos gave him the, hey, what's up, like kind of look after the FBI came in there. And um, Campos almost killed Giselle. Um, but luckily, Dom saved her. Hence, yeah. So, and then, and then, brought, and then Dom is Dom's out of there, and that's when the uh, the FBI is like, you know, how much trouble you're in O'Connor when the FBI clearly screwed up, and it wasn't O'Connor that screwed up because he didn't give them the confirmation. It's again them trying to pit the blame on Brian when he didn't do a damn thing wrong. Right, and this makes like the third time that they that he's trying to do something right, and they're trying to put force the blame on him because yep. the first time was in Fast and the Furious and then Too Fast, Too Furious, and now this one. Yep. With everything. And, you know, I did another thing, to, though, too. Let me talk about Camp Compost, though, for a minute. I really like him as a villain. I thought he was the best villain that we had compared to the second one. Because I didn't really feel like the second villain was that menacing or anything like that. You know, I felt like this one was as Miami Vice as you can get with a layer of a character that wasn't like a paint-by-numbers kind of villain. So I definitely like that. He wasn't wooden at all. He had some layers to him and things like that. So I definitely love Camp- Campos slash uh, Braga. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a good villain Yeah, um, as well. I definitely agree with that. I think he's been the better one. I mean, the guy from Too Fast, Too Furious, he was just – I just couldn't get over the guy's terrible hair. Like, seriously. Right. Um, and then uh, Braga is revealed as a... Okay, then, of course, escapes. This is, one, of course, where we actually have that nice little speed chase and everything through Mexico. Um, Refer- I mean, Wait. Yeah, um, I thought that was great, but I want to get to it before. Like, because uh, Brian finds out that he's in Mexico, and that's uh, when the FBI's jurisdiction it ends. Um, so then Brian goes back to Dom's house and you see Dom working on the, uh, the iconic charger, the, the iconic car. And, and then Dom, and then Brian's like, uh, Dom's like, you know, I ain't bringing anybody back. I know I'm going with you. And then Dom's like, all right. And he's like, and, and then, Dom, and then Brian's like, you might want to fix that in car. Oh, Buster became a gearhead. Um, <laughs> and that's when Mia walks in, sees him. She becomes, she's just distraught. And then that's when Brian gets back up with Mia. And that's that's pretty much, yeah. So you knew the two of them were back together after that moment. Right, exactly. And then that's when we get everything else set up with Felix and everything too. You know, um, this is also where we wind up seeing, let me go look at my notes real quick. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, he ends up, ends up escaping with Phoenix, yeah. And the pair flee to Mexico. And, of course, this is also where we see Braga uh, giving the money over to the priest for protection and things like that. And then, of course, that's when we see Dominic and Brian enter into Mexico. And that's when we have that great scene where it's it's basically a race through Mexico. And I definitely love how real it actually looks. It does, there's no color schemes here. Whenever they're pressing the NAS, there's none of that like Star Wars uh, force field type of uh, thing that we normally get with the first two films. So I definitely liked how they set that up. What about you? Yeah, I thought that like that whole chase sequence was really cool, well done. Like like compost uh, or Braga running his mouth the whole time. And um, and this is the one where you actually see Dom shoot the tires with a shotgun, 
which makes the cars like flip and exp- like and like that. And that's how that's what you're supposed to do: shoot the tires, <laughs> not shoot the car, shoot the tires. Because that get once you get rid of the tires, then there we go. Exactly, and then once that winds up happening, then we go into the whole entire desert scene. Mm-hmm. Yet again, going into, uh, going into the tunnels mm-hmm. and everything. But of course, we also have Braga with Brian at that time, don't we? Or is that yeah, like- yeah, Bra- yeah? Braga's in the car with Brian because he's running his mouth. I'm like, oh, do you know where the tunnel is? Um, hey, hey, where are your boys at? You want you want do you want my GPS or some some along those lines? He's like running until Brian just punches him in the face. And then after that winds up happening, then you see them going outside the jump. Uh, of course, we actually see this other scene where basically these other cars are chasing after Dominic and everything too. So they're going through this whole entire thing, and he's trying to catch up with. Of course, uh, with Braga's uh, main baddie and everything too, Phoenix, uh, and stuff like that. But you know, I liked how the stunt works worked in this in this in the uh, tunnel Mm -hmm. because then we wind up seeing you see like a dead end on like on Dominic's side, so he knows that he has to go ahead and jump out. Mm -hmm. So he winds up jumping into the other guy's car and everything, and then he throws the guy out. And then that leads into them coming out of the tunnel. Yeah. And basically bringing them back on the United States soil. Pretty much, yeah. So to where they can actually arrest them. And now, yeah. Phoenix gets completely totaled by Dom. And yeah. then where's F-bomb? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to, you know what? I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I saw this movie uh, other times too and everything, but just going on to the review, I'm like, that's funny. He got killed by an F-bomb. I know. Like, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, and, then, um, yeah. and then Brian's hurt, because it looked like either Brian Brian didn't get shot. I, I think he was just... Or he might have. I don't know. No, I think what it was is just the damage from the car whenever it flipped over with Braga. Oh, yeah, because remember, side, cause he was definitely bleeding. Yeah, because remember, Braga was still inside the car. Yeah. So that's what winded up happening. It was just the damage from the car. And then, of course, Brian being injured. And then, of course, we see Dom trying to tell him, look, Brian, it's going to be okay. Just put some pressure on your wound and everything. It's going to be okay. And then you see Brian saying, hey, look, Dom, you just need to go in here and go. He goes, no, I'm tired of running. And then next thing you know, you see the whole entire thing play out in court. Yeah. Where it's like, well, you know, Dominic went on ahead and got arrested Braga. He brought justice and everything, and therefore he should be acquitted from all charges that he had. And the, the judge ruled against him. Mm-hmm. He said, one wrong does not make a million right uh, wrongs right. He said yeah. he's going to have to do 25 to life without a chance of parole. Yeah. Um, but I also like before like, like the cops showed up, hey, Brian's like, hey, Dom, you know I would have won that race, right? And then Dom's like, you hit your head pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that I mean, it's it, you're definitely it's a running gag, and it does and it doesn't stop until probably I don't know. I think probably either the fifth or the beginning of the sixth movie. I don't remember. Right, but you know what though? I don't feel like that was actually forced at all in this movie though. I, no. Because they do it here and there. Yeah, they don't do it 
they do it sporadically. They don't do it in every single scene to where it's yeah. actually forced. It's like, okay, we get the joke. Can we just move mm-hmm. on? With this, they do it in different scenes, and they don't hit you over the head with it, which is something I appreciate from it. Mm-hmm. Because they could have done that, but they didn't. No. Um. Then, of course, you know, we get the whole entire prison scene where Dominic is going into the bus, and then next thing you know it, we see Brian and the gang uh, trying to get him off the bus and everything, and that's when the movie ends. Yeah. And, okay, so there's something I really wanted to touch on was this. I don't blame Brian one bit for turning his back on the FBI. Because mm-hmm. he worked with, he was a cop twice, basically. In two, one, uh, well, not really a cop, but he was actually in Too Fast, Too Furious, working with the cops, working with the feds. Gets mm-hmm. backstabbed over there. Gets backstabbed in the first movie. And then gets backstabbed as an FBI agent. He got backstabbed three times. Yeah. And... You know, they backed out on that deal with Dominic and everything. So I don't blame him one bit for saying, you know what? Screw this. I'm done doing yeah. this. I'm I tried playing by right. I tried playing by the book. It's just not working. Yeah. And also, too, I like what Mia says to Brian though. He goes, Are you sure you're not the good guy playing the bad guy? Yeah. Or or, or yeah. Are you are you like or like wow, Brian is like it's like I, I don't know. It, it's hard to see. Are you really the good guy that's really disguised as the bad guy, or are you the bad bad guy disguised as the good guy? Um, and Brian's like I don't know. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's him, something I really like. Making, yeah, him making the decision to like you know what, screw them. They have they didn't do anything to help me out. So I'm like I'm helping my friend out. And and yeah, and that's what sets up Fast Five. And I loved how Fast Five started picked up right when this one left off and that's that's how you do a true sequel yeah i'm glad they didn't pick it off where they already escaped with dominic it's been a couple of months a couple of years later i'm glad it went right into that scene about how they uh got dominic off the bus so i'm definitely happy about how they set that up for fast five mm-hmm. you know but you know this movie is overly to be honest with you this is a, a lot of fun i had a lot of fun watching this movie again and mm-hmm. revisiting it so I thought that was really good. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a great, uh, entertaining movie. Like the, again, this is the one that got me back into the franchise, and and I and like it's the spark this co- franchise needed. And and then the next one, just like you got the Rock. You if when you if you get you got the Rock to join this franchise. Like I said, th- then it just like straight up like like it's like like getting the Rock to be the guy to hunt these guys. I mean, it's just. A perfect a person, perfect person to do it because The Rock is just awesome. But yeah, I, I liked what this one did. Um, it, it it went a more serious note, but yet the stunts are kind of ridiculous. But that's what the fun part of this franchise is. It, it got rid of the campiness of the first two and th- the third one as well. But I mean, I really like when you brought everybody back, and now it's going on a whole different thing because this is the first movie in this franchise where Vin Diesel was producer of because after they did Tokyo Drift, they went up to Vin is like, hey, cause the, the, after Tokyo Drift looked like this franchise was dead. Then the comp, the, the, then um, Universal went to Vin and is like, all right, we want you to produce this, like produce the next ones going forward. Um, and then, and then Vin like, and then that's when Vin went to uh, Paul Walker. And when Vin, like, Vin Diesel wasn't even done telling him, I'm, I want you in this one, like the, I want you back in this. Paul like like interrupted him immediately in the like during a speech. And it's like, dude, I'm in. 
that's what really started the friendship between Paul Walker and, and Vin Diesel. It was right before this movie, and and it definitely shows. Most definitely, and you know what? I'm glad that you did some research on that because I was trying to do some research before the film. I mean, before we did this review to find out when Ben became the producer of it. So I wasn't sure if it was after Tokyo Drift or after this one. So right. it was definitely before, after Tokyo Drift, but before, like, I think mean, he produced this one, and this was the okay. like, Fast and Furious 4. The and this first is when one that, that's what okay. changed it, changed it because you got Justin Lin back, um, and then, um, and then, um, yeah. Okay. So uh, that's everything I wanted to say as far as this movie goes. I had this movie's a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend that you guys check it out. This is the fourth one out of the franchise, but also to the third film out, out of the timelines that we're doing. So if you go on ahead and just follow us at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook and underneath the same name on Instagram, and then of course. Follow, follow us also on Pinterest as well, underneath the same name over there. If you want to, go on ahead, get yourself an audio-only podcast episode of where of all these episodes that we do, where you guys get your podcasts from. If you guys want to donate to the page and everything, all you have to do is go to Movie Lovers Unite, uh, go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Unite, um, Movie Lovers Podcast. I'm sorry about that. I screwed that up. But... Um, but yeah, that's where you can actually donate five, maybe ten dollars if you want to keep the lights here on over here at Movie Lovers Unite. Just go down to gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. Then of course, if you're a sponsor and want to reach out to us, you just go on ahead, head over to our email at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And then for your all your intimate needs and wants, just go to movieloversunite.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, go on ahead, do so by going to Movie Lovers Unit and underneath the same name on stereo as well because we do a couple of stereo shows from time to time and then that's all everywhere that you guys can go on hand and follow us at and then of course go on ahead don't forget to like don't forget to subscribe share this with everybody let everybody know about movie lovers tonight and always until next time guys it's been real it's been fun i can't wait to do this again thank you charlie for joining me as always being my co-captain for this for these reviews and everything it's always a pleasure to have you on and always until next time guys bye-bye Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything, and you want an audiobook, and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too guys, that's not all they have. They also have they also have finish if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately 
and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.